worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Program. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we take a look at the mid-season report on crop damage hail claims this summer. Saskatchewan leads the pack on the prairies, but it's about normal this year for Saskatchewan compared to other years. We have a comprehensive look at the summer weather with senior climatologist David Phillips. And a second segment with David, after the farm weather, details the winter outlook. Real Agriculture looks at yesterday's Stats Can report and its prediction of reduced canola production this year. The latest edition of Canola Watch advises farmers to take steps to avoid farm chemical residues in the crop. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-642-2378. Saskatchewan farmers have filed more than 6,000 hail damage claims so far this season. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Omolchenko, says crop damage from hail is about average so far this year. We're looking at uh, about 10,000 uh, claims so far, uh, very comparable to last year at the same time. So does this make it average or above average or below? Right now, like based on all the provinces, it's uh, probably being average uh, year. Uh, I know we're last year we're ahead of schedule for percent claims done this year, like sixty-seven about or seventy percent, and where last year at this time we we're not forty fifty percent. And I understand Saskatchewan leads the pack on the prairies. Yeah, the Saskatchewan likes numbers of uh, claims uh, this year is ahead of, uh, you know, uh, the poll pack. It's a little bit behind last year's claims, but on overall, uh, the five-year average for payments, they are on par for the five-year average, where Alberta is quite far ahead and, and Manitoba is uh, below average. So Saskatchewan has 6,000 claims, Manitoba 1,200, Alberta to almost 2,700. So any area hardest hit in Saskatchewan? It varies. More of the southern regions of Saskatchewan, uh, through the central, partly, uh, you get in that Yorkton area, you get Nipwin, uh, Melford area, then you get over to Macklin, uh, the west side. Uh, all those areas got hit extensively uh, in certain areas. Uh, like, again, like we're reporting all year long where the storms are really extreme in the center, but they don't go that far compared to other years where they used to be go right across the province and there's 100% all the way along. This year they seem to be, again, very spotty, but very severe in the middle and taper off quickly. Can you give me a comment on hail size? You've talked about damage. How about hail size this year? 
Yeah, this year again, very there are some pretty extreme conditions. Uh, I think that con- contributes to the spottiness of the hail damage. Uh, but it went from pea size to a tennis ball size hail. Um, and as you know, uh, most people maybe do not know, but you know, on private property. Uh, it's tennis ball size hail does a lot of damage, but in the fields, uh, the tennis ball size hail is farther apart and does a little less damage, but more severe in that one spot where pea size hail with wind can chop a crop off to nothing. Tell me about the uh, processing. You said you've got about, what, two-thirds processed? Yeah, uh, things are going really well uh, because, uh, you know, the harvest has it's been, the weather's been hard, hot and dry the last little while and speeding uh, maturity up of all the crops. So harvest has taken place quite quickly and our adjusters are out there uh, working fast and furious to stay ahead of the combines and, and hopefully the, you know, the farmers are leaving adequate check strips for them and everything. But yeah, we're ahead of schedule. We're, we're probably close to closing in on that three quarter, three quarters done, uh, which is uh, quite a bit ahead of last year where we we're only about 50% done at this time. Now, you call this mid-season, but I tend to think, well, harvest is underway. This must all should be the end of the season, isn't it? Well, it usually is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, mid-season for us is uh, our season goes right to October 30th. And we've had hailstorms right till mid-October the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, so that's why it's called mid-season. But, you know, the sooner the crops get in the bin, the better it is. Our season ends a little quicker also. And yeah, and, and usually August uh, is our mid-season. Season. Uh, things are just ramping up. July, August, and September seem to be our big months, and August is kind of in the center. Rick Omolchenko is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. With me is Matt Freilich from JGL Commodities. What are you looking for this week, Matt? Good afternoon, Jim. Uh, as usual, JGL Commodities is looking for some U.S. destined milling Durham, as well as Durham destined for the specialty mill market. We got a new StatsCan report. What was it saying about Durham? So the Sats Canada report came out earlier this week, and it pegs the seeded acreage on Durham at 5.7 million acres. The estimated yield on that crop is somewhere between 44 and 46 bushels an acre. That should produce somewhere around a 6.8 million metric ton crop size. My concern with that crop size is if we get up near a 7 million metric ton crop, we could have a little bit of oversupply issue as we saw in the years 2017 and 18. And what are you finding coming off the field so far? Quality is, for lack of a better term, it's excellent. Uh, we're seeing fantastic quality uh, overall. A little bit of concern in a few different areas on lighter test weights. Uh, areas that receive some drought issues early on. They are having some test weight concerns as well as a little bit of ergot issue in the southeastern part of Saskatchewan. How's grain movement? Grain movement, it's good. Uh, I wouldn't say it's excellent. We are seeing our bids focus on movement in the December through March timeframe at this point. Uh, it seems like most mills that we deal with are supplied uh, through the fall here. How does someone contact you, Matt? Jim, farmers and producers alike can reach us directly in our Moose Jaw office at 306-624-2378. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Environment Canada says summer 2020 is described as drier and hotter than normal in southern Saskatchewan. Environment Canada senior climatologist David Phillips says Saskatchewan had fewer nasty weather events than the neighboring provinces of Alberta or Manitoba this summer. 
Certainly, we still have, um, even though we describe September, October, November as the fall and June, July, August as the summer, we still have a lot of summer days left in the uh, in the month of September. Um, you know, astronomically, uh, fall doesn't begin for another three, three weeks, uh, but uh, it certainly, um, we can almost sense there's been a change with regards to the days are shorter, the sun is not as high in the sky, and uh, hey, those get those uh, torrid days of 30 degrees are are usually few and far between when you get into September. Although I remember, my gosh, was it about 11 years ago? We had a, a, a September was warmer than than June, July, and August. So sometimes it can uh, trick you and, and give you some some pretty good conditions. I think for farming, I think they have to say that hey, for most parts in the province, it's been a, a pretty good year, summer. Uh, certainly, temperatures were on average a little bit warmer than normal. Precipitation in some places was down a little bit and heavier, and certainly in the northwestern part of the of the province. But down in the south, uh, I think precipitation was turned out to be about 75 percent of normal, which is a not bad. And with temperatures being, I think there were 16 days in Regina where the temperature got above 30, you normally would see 14 of those. So I think in many ways Saskatchewan got a break. I mean, didn't see the heat and the and the incredible rainfall that we saw in Manitoba, and we didn't see the cool and the wet conditions that we saw in British Columbia and Alberta. So you were sort of in between, and I think uh, ideally, uh, I think the weather was um, gave most growers and ranchers a break this year compared to, to other years. I, as I say, I don't think you should write the obituary on summer-like weather. We typically see another couple of days above 30 in, um, in, uh, in September. Um, but our models are saying that um, overall we think that in September we see kind of normal, uh, a normal uh, kind of weather. But what's interestingly, we don't often put our, our, our go out on the limb and talk about precipitation. But what we're describing across the entire southern central part of the prairies is drier than normal September. So I think that's great harvest weather. I mean, I know the harvest is going full bore out there. Um, uh, the growing season was um, began, or at least crops have grew mature a little earlier, and so the harvest is, is going well. And in, certainly in the last month, precipitation has been down, and I would think that most uh, growers would say, hey, uh, I don't want rain in, in August and in September because the heavy equipment's out in the field. You don't want to get mired in muck. So I think that kind of dryness is going to continue, and um, and there may still be some un- unharvested crops that are still could grow under those kind of conditions. But generally, we think that's September. Now, looking at the long period, September, October, November, we're describing across all of the West as being warmer than normal. Now, we're not talking about July warmth. We're talking about, uh, you know, September, October, November warmth. And we know that weather can, can turn on. You it's rarely do you ever get out of September without a frost. Um, we in, in Saskatchewan and that could very well happen. We see uh, temperatures at night getting down to single digit uh, values. Although I think the next week we see uh, on September the second a kind of a, a real rainy day. But then after that, about four, five, six days in a row with lots of Saskatchewan sun and drying. So I think that that uh, ripening of the crop and the harvest should continue in earnest uh, for the next. 
next uh, 10 days. But overall, we think the fall will be um, a little milder than normal. It doesn't mean you're not going to get frost on the on the pumpkin or, or snow before um, Thanksgiving Day, though sometimes those things happen. But um, but overall, I think the good weather that we've seen for, uh, for much of the summer is likely to continue. So don't write the final chapter on uh, on summery like weather quite yet. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment Canada. Coming up after the farm weather, he discusses the detailed outlook for winter weather this coming year. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. We are talking to John Drager with Left Field Commodity Research. Hey, yesterday we had the big uh, stats can report. I- interestingly enough, you know, canola production expected to decline. Well, uh, most of Western Canada, certainly there are some areas that have had their challenges. But, uh, but you know, by and large, I think the crop looks looks uh, looks pretty good. Although, having said all that, I mean, you know, as we got into the second half of summer, there's some, uh, you know, some dryness and uh you know, even some of the early harvest results, and maybe less so for canola because that's not as far along, but you sort of hear the word, you know, maybe disappointing a, a little more often. And again, you know, that maybe, ref, you know, reflects other crops. But, you know, parts of that make us wonder if, uh, you know, at least maybe some of the loftier uh, crop expectations that were sort of floated earlier this summer might be a little ambitious. Uh, even so, we're, we're a little on the on the higher side for, for what StatsCan had put out. But, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, I guess a, uh, a guess at, at a, an early stage before things really get rolling. And so, you know, it's, it gives at least a bit of a frame of reference anyway for the market. Yeah, and the market still, I, I, no matter what these numbers said yesterday, I, I think the market still looks at this 500 number on canola in November as the barrier that it has been for a long time. Yeah, certainly it's it's a pretty solid point of resistance. I mean, it's a great big round number and, and sort of an area where we, we sort of poked up uh, against and, you know, pushed through on an intraday basis, weren't able to close above it. You know, in, in, in our opinion, you know, I think it's just a matter of time until we do push through it. We're actually fairly friendly, the canola market here, as we go forward. But, you know, having said all of that, I mean, we are, you know, right on the on the front end of, of a harvest and, uh uh, you know, regardless of the stats can number, a bit of a bigger number, whatever it is, I mean, the crop looks pretty good. We're going to have a pretty big harvest. And, and so a certain amount of, of uh, you know, farmer selling and some natural seasonal pressure would be would be completely normal. So, uh, you know, certainly this, this market has been very strong, just oil seeds in general. <laughs> Soybeans have, have, have been really strong. Soybean oil and other veg oil markets have been strong. That's certainly been a nice, nice tailwind for canola. Wouldn't be surprised if we consolidated and maybe pulled back a little bit, although, uh, you know, we've, we've had some pretty good momentum. So maybe we uh, we get surprised how strong it is at a time when seasonally you would expect it maybe to kind of maybe stall out and pull back a little bit. Do we typically do we do we typically really rally into harvest like this? This is kind of a little bit unusual. This is more of a, a spring rally that we're getting here right now, is it not? 
Yeah, definitely some counter seasonal move here. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And uh, at least uh, you know in years when the crop looks pretty good, you know you, you might get this sort of move in, in summer, for example, when uh, you know when it's really dry and, and you just see see bushels bleeding off of expectations, and maybe there's some of that around the margins. But uh, you know, but there's been a number of things. Again, certainly you know we've got a nice tailwind from uh, you know from the soybean market, but but veg oil prices in, in general have been have been strong globally. That certainly has, has helped us. Uh, canola demand through the tail end of the last crop year and kind of walking into the beginning of this crop year has been really strong as well. So, uh, you know, there's been a few things that have that have certainly certainly helped. We've had some fun buying in canola. Also adds a little bit of a, a tailwind. So there's been a few things that have come together that really have helped push this market in, in you know, and move in a direction that, you know, you're right. You know, at this time of year, you would not expect to kind of rally into what's going to be probably still, you know, pretty good sized harvest. Yeah. And, you know, of course, when we talk about canola exports, everybody focuses on China right away. Important market for Canada, obviously, and some of our challenges that we have had into that market. But but I think here, as we head into the, the winter of 2020, we obviously we have a lot of harvest to do yet. But as we head into the winter, I, I think the story is going to be European demand. We got struggles there with the European rapeseed crop. We, we could have another good year of exports into the EU. Yeah, and we're certainly expecting that. And, and so, you know, we look at, at their harvest is, is essentially wrapped up and, and uh, you know, expectations are a similar-ish crop maybe to, to, to last year, give or take. I think right at the tail end, some people maybe nudged their estimates up a little bit. But the flip side of that is, is the Ukrainian crop size is maybe coming down a little bit at the same time. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. Partly cloudy sky, wind northwest 50, gusting to 70. The high 22 today and the low 8 degrees. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness and 5 to 10 millimeters of rain starting in the morning. Wind southwest 20 in the morning, then northwest 40 gusting to 60 tomorrow afternoon. The high tomorrow 19, the low 5. Thursday, sunny with a high 20, the low 4. Friday, sunny, the high 22, the low 9. Saturday sunny and hot again, the high 28, the 30% chance of showers though Saturday, and a low of 8. Sunday partly cloudy, the high 16, 60% chance of evening showers Sunday, the low 4. Monday partly cloudy and a high of 11. Normal high for this date 21, the normal low is 6 degrees. The sun rose at 6.13 this morning, it sets at 7.43 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot for the second day in a row, Val-Marie at 23. The cold spot up north Key Lake, 9 degrees. Estevan right now, 21. Saskatoon and Swift Current, both 19. Weyburn is 20. Yorkton, 17. It's cloudy in Regina, 20 degrees. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest, 52, gusting to 70. Humidity, 40%. The barometer rising, 100.1. Part the cloudy in Moose Jaw, 21. Winds are from the northwest at 54, gusting to 68. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com Environment Canada is forecasting a mild fall and good harvest weather in September. Senior climatologist David Phillips says autumn weather will be drier and warmer than normal this year. He adds the winter will have some unsettled conditions. Well, you know, it's a little too early to say. I mean, we're just getting our, our fall forecast out today, and, um, and so we're not sure what the, the, the winter scene is, is going to be. I can tell you that um, there is, we often look at the Pacific, and we see the um, La Nina uh, developing. That's the cold water in the Pacific. And, you know, it, it sometimes, Jim, gives you a colder-than-normal winter. Um, when we see that um, that La Nina developing. El Nino would give you a milder, balmy, open, soft kind of a winter, but La Nina tends to create a little bit more Arctic air that, that filters down. Although, and I, I look at last, last, the last year we had a La, a La Nina situation, and snowfall totals were only half of what they normally would be, and temperatures, yeah, they were a little on the cold side, but, you know, it wasn't like every month. Um, I think it started off being a little colder than normal, but um, there, there certainly were um, some melting, thawing kind of situations. So I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, our model suggests that uh, La Nina would grow in strength in the fall, but in the winter it would kind of weaken. So my sense is that perhaps the full force of that La Nina with generally colder than normal conditions may not come into effect. And that's still quite a ways away. The ocean patterns could change, and we might just call something else out there rather than La Nina. But in the meantime, I'd enjoy the fall. I, I think it's, um, it's often the shortest time of the year, but it's one that uh, can bring um, uh, a promise. The other thing, too, is that we saw this year, I forgot to mention it, was we saw um, a little, you know, we saw some active weather, but clearly not in Saskatchewan like you saw in Alberta and in, uh, in Manitoba with, with killer tornadoes and monsoonal rains in Manitoba. We saw hailstorms billion-dollar hailstorms in in uh, Calgary, and we saw a few rip-roaring days in, in Saskatchewan, but nothing really out of the ordinary. And so I think many ways it was a charmed life for, for growers and people generally in Saskatchewan this, uh, this particular summer. And as I say, I think um, the good weather still continues. David Phillips is Senior Climatologist with Environment Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The latest edition of Canola Watch highlights the important steps farmers can take to avoid disease and pesticide residues. These residues could reduce the marketability of Canadian grain. Jay Wetter has details. The website at keepingitclean.ca has five simple tips to keep your crops ready for market. Simple tip number one, use acceptable pesticides only. This is what the website says. Only apply pesticides that are both registered for use on your crop in Canada and won't create trade concerns. Talk to your grain buyer to ensure the products you are using are acceptable to both domestic and export customers. Simple tip number two. Always read and follow the label. 
Always follow the label for application rate, timing, and pre-harvest interval. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist for the Canola Council of Canada. He also farms at Blaine Lake. So a pre-harvest interval is the time between when we apply a pesticide and when the crop is cut. So in, in the case of canola, cutting may be swathing, or it may be when we run the combine through if we're a straight combine. You know, we're through a lot of the pesticide application, but uh, two kind of groups of products stand out. Uh, insecticides, so if we do have a late season insecticide application that meets something, some uh, insect meets threshold, there are a number of products that have excellent control on these insects, just picking the one that has the window that fits the approximate time till swathing is key. And then the second one would be pre-harvest aids, so desiccants and glyphosate. Keepingitclean.ca has handy pre-harvest glyphosate staging guides for canola, pulses, and cereals. Ian Epp describes the timing for pre-harvest glyphosate. So the right timing for most crops is uh, 30% moisture. So what that looks like in canola is 50 to 60% seed color change. That's the minimum. That's the earliest we can apply. Similar to swathing, that's the earliest. We can go later. And again, when we're looking at that, that's not the field average. That's the least mature part of your field. Simple tip number three, manage disease pressures. Diseases like blackleg in canola and fusarium head blight in cereals may also create a market risk. When it comes to blackleg in particular, canola growers can take measures such as growing R-rated varieties and maintaining a minimum break of two to three years between canola crops to allow time for residue to decompose. Scout fields regularly for blackleg symptoms and incidents to help determine the effectiveness of your blackleg management plan. Right now is the best time of year to clip canola stems and check for blackleg severity. Simple tip number four, store your crop properly. Proper storage helps to maintain crop quality and keeps the bulk free of harmful cross-contaminants. And ideally, you know, good record keeping is key here. If you do treat a bin with malathion, make sure that in the busyness of harvest, somehow that bin is labeled as not for canola. Simple tip number five, deliver what you declare. Delivering what you declare is a long-standing pillar of the Keep It Clean program, and recent changes as a result of the Canada-United States-Mexico agreement mean that declaring the eligibility of your canola is now mandatory for all deliveries to Canadian Grain Commission licensed elevators and processing plants. So as growers are thinking of getting ready to deliver grain from the 2020 crop, it's a good idea to really read through that document, understand what it's entailing, what the responsibilities of the grower are, Sometimes there's some nuances or some differences between grain buyers. So keeping in mind that you want to read individual ones from different grain buyers, they might have some specific requirements. And, you know, talk to your grain buyer if you have more questions about some detail in that document. Here's a final word from Ian App. If you look at the Keep It Clean program, you know, we export 90% of our canola. So export partners are really important to us. And a lot of these top tips we have, you know, managing diseases like black leg, Applying the right product at the right time maximizes your yield, is great for growers, and it's good for the industry. It means we have a reliable product to deliver that our customers want. For lots more on Keeping It Clean, please visit keepingitclean.ca. You can also find timely updates at canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, Saskanola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Jay Wetter compiles the Canola Watch program. Hello, this is Joel Murkowski with Johnson's Grain, just reaching out to growers to let them know that we're still active in grain markets. Lots of demand for pulse crops, special crops, feed grains, 
flax, malt barley, oats, anything that you guys are growing this year, give us a call if you're looking for pricing. We've got uh, we got markets for just about everything right now. And then, as always, we will have glyphosate for year-end use. If you have any need for those products, give us a call as well. Our phone number here is 1-844-324-7778. Again, that's 1-844-324-7778. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement this morning at Viterra. Feed barley went up $5 at 166.70. Canola rose twenty cents at four fifty one ninety seven. Oats increased three dollars at one seventy three fifty three. Number one red spring wheat gained five dollars thirty nine cents at two hundred twenty dollars fifteen cents. The rest were unchanged. Durham two seventy three seventy three. Flax five forty four eighty five. Lentils five hundred fifty dollars fifty cents. Yellow peas two forty four eighty nine. And feed wheat one hundred sixty six dollars and sixteen cents. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures rose eight and a half cents at five dollars forty eight cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 1st. Our last regular sale was on August 19th. The market on butchered cattle has been holding steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.83 to $0.93. D3 cows sold from $0.70 to $0.80. Counter cows sold from $0.60 to $0.70. Sold from a dollar to a dollar twelve, and good butcher bulls sold from a dollar fifteen to a dollar thirty. We had a pre-sorted yearling sale on August seventeenth. The market was better than what we were expecting. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged a dollar eighty-seven and sold up to two dollars and nine cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged a dollar ninety-five and sold up to two dollars and nine cents. Eight hundred to nine hundred pound steers averaged a dollar eighty-nine and sold up to two dollars. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.78 and sold up to $1.88. Heifers were about 10 to 15 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,400 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 131 to 159 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,800 head, Selling in a range of 133 to 161 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 17 to 23 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up 32 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.3042. The Canadian dollar is currently traded at 76.57 cents US. U.S. cash reference markets are mixed, but maintaining a sideways pattern that has been seen over the past couple weeks. Cash prices have moved incrementally higher since the end of June, and daily moves have witnessed some seesawing, but when the weekly average base prices are calculated, they have not seen much variability week over week. Coming up, the resource report. 
This is Roy Rutledge at the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Our next cattle sale here in Weyburn is tomorrow. This will be a regular sale of cow cows, cow bulls, and maybe a few yearlings. These bulls and cows are selling well right now, but traditionally the price on them slides downward as the fall goes on and a pile of them hit the market at the same time. I know people are busy with harvest, but it would be uh, time well spent to get these used up bulls and cows to market this week. They need to be booked in. Just call the Weyburn Livestock Exchange at 842-4574. We have a special yearling uh, pre-sorted yearling sale coming up on September the 14th here in Weyburn. It has been my experience that pre-sorting these cattle into larger uniform groups always adds value to the cattle. I've been around for a long time. I have marketed millions of cattle. I have sold thousands of my own cattle, and they always go to a pre-sorted sale to get your cattle booked into this special yearling sale on September the 14th. Call the Weyburn Livestock Exchange at 842-4574. Um. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Rogers Communications is expanding its 5G technology to 50 new markets in five provinces starting today. The technology being launched in places like Victoria, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, Gatineau, Quebec and Hamilton, Ontario promises near instantaneous speeds for downloading, uploading and streaming. But not everyone will be able to access the technology because it requires use of a 5G enabled phone. Calgary-based Crescent Point Energy has boosted its production guidance for the year. The company reports it has restarted production that was dialed down when the pandemic caused energy prices to crash. Crescent Point's annual average production guidance is now forecast to be between 119 to 121,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day, up from its earlier forecast for production of 110 to 114,000. The company says its preliminary outlook for 2021 sees it sustaining or exceeding its production in the second half of 2020. On the markets, gains in the technology and energy sectors helped Canada's main stock index climb higher in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets also advanced. The TSX Composite Index was up 58 points at 16,573. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 66 points at 28,496. The Canadian dollar traded at 76.68 cents U.S. compared with 76.68 cents Monday. The October crude oil contract was up 70 cents at 43.31 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good fire. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.